What's up guys, welcome back to the John Summer Challenge. Today is July 17th, day 17 of the John Summer Challenge, and we are in John chapter 10, verses 1 through 21. Now first, let's settle a very controversial debate. Do you like more dogs or cats? Now me personally, I am all the way a dog person. In fact, here is my first dog ever. His name was Blue. I named him after my favorite color. Obviously, I was a little kid. So he was the cutest. Dogs are just superior. They're OP. Owning a dog, though, is just such a sweet experience. I, I hope you've been able to experience this before. You basically become the dog's parent, don't you? Maybe your experience has been like this, similar to mine. You know, you, you beg your parents for a dog over and over and over again, pleading your case for why a dog would benefit everyone. You constantly beg them until they say, sure, or until you, know, you just bring one home and you make them say sure. That wouldn't be a good approach, parents right? But maybe you go to the shelter and you look at all the dogs there. Some are big, some are small, some are fluffy, some are not. And eventually you choose one dog that you love the most out of the rest. You bring the dog home, you name the dog, you cuddle with the dog, you train the dog how to shake your hand, how to play dead. You know, you shoot them and go uh, like that. And you feed your dog, you protect your dog, you keep them from running away. You love your dog, and it's an awesome, sweet experience. I miss Blue. He's the best. But now I have this dog, this little white dog named um, Billy, and she's awesome too. Um, and she cuddles. And dogs are just the best. Well, in biblical times, people had dogs too, but they were just mostly working animals. They weren't how you know they, were to, they are to us today, not pets. So they didn't love dogs as much as we do, but I'll tell you what they did love. They loved their sheep. They loved their sheep. The same way we love and care for our dogs today, some people called shepherds loved and cared for their sheep. They chose their sheep. They named their, their sheep, I think. They knew everything about their sheep. And like our dogs love us, the sheep loved their shepherd. They knew their shepherd. They followed their shepherd. Well, I bring this up because in our passage today, we're going to learn about the true shepherd, the good shepherd. This shepherd is Jesus Christ. And those of us who truly love and follow Jesus, we are called his sheep. He is the shepherd. We are the sheep. So let's break this passage down. I want to break it down in two parts. And then the first part is going to be a little bit longer. Second part will be super fast. But part one, identifying the true shepherd. Identifying the true shepherd in verses 1 through 18. Now, we need to identify who the true shepherd is. That's the first thing we got to do. And if you are truly one of his sheep, then you must be able to quickly identify your shepherd. It's like how a dog instantly knows who his owner is. It's like this video. Watch. The dog immediately knew, this is not my owner, I'm out of here. And we need to be able in the same way to identify our true shepherd because verses one through two say that there will be false shepherds, people who pretend to be real shepherds, thieves trying to steal us and kill us. 
And these false shepherds that Jesus is referring to in our passage, in the context of our passage, is the Jewish religious leaders that we've been talking about, right? These terrible guys that obey the law and think that they can earn their way to salvation. They're leading people astray from the true gospel that it is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, whom Christ is there telling them that I am the way. And yet they are rejecting them. They are false shepherds, people who will try to lead us away from the true shepherd by enticing us with worldly desires, but will ultimately lead us to death. We are in danger we need a good shepherd we need the true shepherd why because we are sheep and sheep are let's face it dumb sheep are helpless they're defenseless we wander off and get lost we get ourselves into trouble over and over again just like this sheep does Абуш, отойди. Нет, сам. Он боится и так нас отойти. Я пойдем. Абуш, отойди. Нет. Такого маленького. Потяни сейчас У! сам. Потяни. Вверх потяни. Ой, умничка, Риад, умничка. Ногу не сломай только ему. Умничка, умничка. За обе ноги. Молодец, Риад. Умничка. Умничка. Все, операция удалась. We are dumb and dirty sheep, so we need a good, true shepherd to lead us, protect us, and care for us. We need the true shepherd, Jesus Christ, the only one who will lead us, shepherd us into eternal life instead of eternal death like the false shepherd. So let's identify the true shepherd, Jesus Christ. And I want to do this by listing six characteristics of the true shepherd. Are you ready? Number one, Jesus knows his sheep. Jesus knows his sheep in verses three through six. It says three through six, to him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. A stranger they will simply, they simply will not follow, but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus spoke to them, but they did not understand what those things were which he had been saying to them. Now, this is a parable, right? He's talking about a parable of a shepherd and his sheep. And it's teaching us about Jesus himself, that he is the shepherd. But Jesus often uses these parables and they're used to communicate deeper truths, more important truths. But to the Pharisees, to these religious leaders, they only become more confused. And that's a good thing. Jesus means it that way. But this is an amazing parable talking about the true shepherd, Jesus Christ, who knows his sheep fully and intimately. Just like us dog owners know our dogs intimately, and we even named our dogs, Jesus, our shepherd, knows everything about us. Isn't that sweet? In fact, you know that he created every single one of us, right? Psalm 139.13 says, For you, God, formed my inward parts, you wove me in my mother's womb. He is our creator 
who wove us together, who created us, even in our mother's womb. He is the one who put us together, who formed us. And of course, Jesus knows you. He created you. He knows every hair on your head. He knows every freckle on your body. He knows your every thought. He knows your every struggle. He knows who you are, who you, uh, who you will become. Jesus knows everything about you. Yes, it is true that Jesus knows us all. But these verses are telling us that Jesus knows his sheep. And not all of us are his sheep because not all of us are truly following Christ. Just like you chose your dog from the shelter and brought him or her home and made that dog your own possession, Jesus chooses his sheep. Jesus chooses whom he will save and whom he will shepherd. And this brings us great comfort because our salvation is not left up to us, but it is up to God. Now, the difference between us choosing our dogs is you go to the shelter and unless you're super, super nice, uh, usually you will go to the shelter and pick the nicest, fluffiest, most adorable, most well-behaved dog, and you would choose that one to take home. That's not what this shepherd does. Jesus, God, chooses not the best of us. He doesn't choose to save us because we're so good or there's something in us that just makes him want to love us. No, we are filthy, rotten sinners. There's nothing good in us. We are totally, totally evil. We've gone against God. We put our fists towards him. We've rejected him. We are the ones that have sinned against God. And yet he chooses the worst of us, the ones who are just so terrible and wicked. And he chooses to save us. There is nothing good in us that would prompt somebody to choose us and to want to love us. No, we are terrible, but he picks us. And in doing so, by choosing lost, dirty sinners like us, he shows his grace and his mercy that he would lavish his grace. He would show his kindness on us, even though we're so, so sinful. And so you might be thinking, how do I get chosen? How do I know if God has chosen me for salvation? And I would tell you that that is the wrong question. You shouldn't be asking that at all. The Bible doesn't command you to figure out if God has chosen you. The Bible commands you to repent and believe in Jesus Christ, to come to Christ, believe in him and repent from all of your sins. And so that is what you need to be focusing on, what the Bible commands you to do. And it is not to try to figure out God's will and his plan and if he has chosen you or not. And if he chose me, if I figure that out, then I'll come to Christ. No, your command is to repent and believe in Christ today. John 6, 37 says, All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will certainly not cast out. Listen, you don't have to worry about whether he chose you or not. You don't have to worry about whether he chose one of your family members or one of your friends or your neighbor or that person that you've been sharing the gospel with. You just need to proclaim the gospel to them or receive the gospel for yourself, believe in Christ, and repent from your sins. If you do that with a genuine heart, if you come to Christ with a genuine heart, then he will not turn you away. He will not cast you out. He will accept you and bring you into his fold, and you will be one of his sheep. If you want to know the true shepherd, 
you must give him your life and follow him. Jesus knows his sheep. Secondly, Jesus saves his sheep. Jesus saves his sheep in verses 7 through 10. Here we see the third out of seven I am statements that Jesus makes to identify himself and to show us his very nature. He says in verse 9, I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. This is to say that Jesus is the only way to salvation. He is the door. Every other way, every other religion, every other false shepherd, anything else that this world offers, it all leads to hell and death. Jesus is the only way to heaven and eternal life. That's why we'll see later on another I am statement. John makes or John writes about Jesus. Jesus says in John 14:6, "I am the way, the truth, and the life." No one comes to the Father but through me. Jesus is the only one who can save his sheep. And once his sheep come to him, he protects them and keeps them. Number three, Jesus dies for his sheep. Jesus dies for his sheep in verses 11 through 13. He says in verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, the false shepherd, who is not the owner of the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. Verse 13, he flees, the false shepherd flees, because he is a hired hand and is not concerned about the sheep. The false shepherd will leave the sheep behind at the first sight of danger. He will not risk his life for the sheep because he does not actually care for the sheep. But the true shepherd, Jesus Christ, does truly care for his sheep. And not only would he be willing to risk his life for his sheep, he already did lay down his life for his sheep. He already rescued his sheep from the greatest danger that there is our own sin our sin jesus died on the cross for his sheep so that our sin all those who would believe in him would their sin would be washed away totally forgiven this is a sign of the true shepherd the one who would give his life for us so that we could be saved jesus protects his sheep he protects us to the point of dying for us so that we could receive eternal life instead of eternal death Jesus dies for his sheep. Fourth, Jesus loves his sheep. He loves his sheep. Look at verses 14 through 15. I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own know me. Even as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. I love this. Again, it says that Jesus knows his sheep. And this knowledge of his sheep is to indicate his love relationship with us. I mean, it's one thing to say that I know my dog, but I don't just know my dog. I don't just know facts about my dog. I know my dog because I love my dog. I love to cuddle with Billy. She's so cute and I love her. I love her, I know her. In the same way, Jesus loves his sheep. And not only does he love his sheep, his sheep love him. True sheep love the shepherd. In fact, it's the one person they love the most you want to know if you are one of his sheep? Do you truly love your shepherd? Do you love him above all else, above everyone and everything? True sheep love their shepherd, and Jesus loves his sheep. 
Number five, Jesus unites his sheep. Jesus unites his sheep in verse 16. He says, I have other sheep which are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will hear my voice and they will become one flock with one shepherd. This is to say that it no longer matters whether you're Jew or Gentile. It doesn't matter where you come from, what you look like, how old you are. Anyone can be saved by Christ. Anyone in this world can be saved by Christ. We know that everyone will not be saved, but all sorts of people from all across the world can be saved by Christ and anyone can follow this shepherd. Jesus doesn't have one flock of sheep over here, another flock of sheep over here. No, we are all one flock together, saved by Christ. We are adopted and brought into one flock, one family, no distinction. We are all just brothers and sisters, saved by Christ, thankful for his grace, and that becomes our one and true identity. He loves all of his children the same, and we love each other the same. Jesus unites his sheep. And the last characteristic, Jesus obeys his father. Jesus obeys his father, verse 17 through 18. It says in verse 17, For this reason the father loves me, because I laid down my life so that I may take it again. No one t has taken it away from me, but I laid down on my own in initiative. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This commandment I received from my father. The son demonstrated his love to the father by, Philippians 2.8, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus laid down his life for us voluntarily and on his own initiative, and he did so in loving obedience to his Father. So, we've identified the true shepherd. Jesus knows his sheep, saves his sheep, dies for his sheep, loves his sheep, unites his sheep, and he obeys his Father. Now, what must we do in order to respond to the true shepherd? Part two, really quickly, responding to the true shepherd. Part two, responding to the true shepherd in verses 19 through 21. You see, there's a division. Those who will reject Jesus and they'll call him an insane demon. This guy's out of his mind. And those who will realize that what Jesus is saying and claiming to be is undeniable. Those who reject Jesus will receive eternal death in hell. But those who accept Jesus, put their faith in him, repent of their sins, give their lives to the true shepherd, and follow him for the rest of their days, will receive eternal life with him in heaven. We have only two options. Reject or accept the undeniable truth that Jesus is the Son of God who died for our sins and rose again. And I pray that you would accept that truth today, that you would follow the true shepherd. And if you already have, I pray that this passage which is, was a sweet reminder that you follow a good shepherd. That's it for today's devotional. I've got three questions for you. Number one, instead of asking, did God choose me to be saved? What should you do instead? Number two, what does it mean that Jesus is the door? What does it mean that Jesus is the door? Number three, what is your favorite characteristic about Jesus, the true shepherd, and why? Answer those questions, submit those, and you'll be done with day 17 of the John Summer Challenge. I'll see you tomorrow for day 18.